All right, I'm back. Oh, that one's here. Oh, hey. That's unfortunate. Okay, I'll leave then. <laughs> I wonder if AJ will teleport in this time. Again. Oh, he just decided to leave. <laughs> He's not coming back. Uh, you guys, you, you can come back now. All of you. Somebody please come back. Um, <laughs> different Josh. Is... The last Josh was weird. He had an official outfit. That was just really <laughs> oh, not my vibe. There he is. Oh, hey. Perfect. Seema just not coming back. Hey, nice. should I tell my, before we get started, should I tell my flag story? Or I'll tell it after we get started. The rivalry between, oh, oh, this no, flag no, no. story. I want to hear it. We should start with that. Well, let's, why right. don't we start after the intro? Because it's going to be real long. We've been going over three minutes oh, wow. already. That's Jeez. All right. Hello. Welcome Your to the intro. Gonna... Okay. Oh, you just ruined it. AJ, we'll try this again. Why is the intro going to be longer? You better when you were out of the room. <laughs> I liked you when you were out of the room, AJ. Okay. You know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> we lost John Cena. <laughs> I hope he comes back. Hello and welcome to the Eraser Unnamed Podcast, although we'd probably like to put a name on it. I am Parker Kligerman, NASCAR driver, and you know the rest, joined by the only guy who bought a NASCAR official shirt for himself as some sort of present, Joshua Mendoza here, race, <laughs> otherwise known as Race Control for Eraser, and none other than John Cena himself, but not himself, AJ Henderson, Controller King, who likes to go by John Cena. Let's get this thing started. It's a classic internet meme. John Cena. Never seen it before. What the hell of an intro. I'm going to say that one was good. Way better than last week's. Yes. That was as good as two weeks ago. Uh, episode 12, guys. We've made it this far, apparently, by the way. Um, speaking three of which, months. I just, three months oh, yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Three uh, months. What's your guys' oh, really gift? dedicated? Um, yeah, I got gift? myself a um, Ken Schrader ornament for the Christmas tree okay, in nine months. Weird. So Yeah, it's very random. It's 2002 edition, so. Okay. Oh, Parker, I, actually, I know what your that gift part. that you got for yourself is. Well, I, this isn't a gift. I just found this in my closet the other day. So you might notice these flags that hi, hang above me. Uh, my girlfriend was cool enough to set this all up one time when I was gone many years ago. She like set this whole office up for me. And mm. one of the flags though, I, I have, I have numerous flags, uh, because I keep checkered flags, not trophies very much into that. we can talk about that in a minute. But one of these flags, I found the closet. I've been using it. Like when I talk in my hand, I'll be like playing with it, unraveling it. And when I'm on phone calls, I like to pace and like fidget with something but I kept looking at this flag being like, man, this flag feels significant. I don't know why. And I realized if I unfurl it, um, it's my first ever Arca win flag, which means it was my first ever oval win ah. first in a stock car uh, at Toledo, May 2009. I beat Ken Schrader, actually, in that race. He finished what? top five, funny enough. <laughs> and Paul Menard in late race restarts on old tires. I went 100 and some odd laps on tires, won my first race at Kinda Motorsports and uh, for Penske and everyone. And it was only like my, I don't know, sixth race or something. And um, yeah, so this flag is the first one wow. I ever got in stock cars. I, and I want to became my cane here when i do the podcast <laughs> that was entirely unplanned that i had a ken schrader christmas really funny. with a flag behind it sitting right mm -hmm. next to me but that was a beautiful full circle ever, moment have i ever told you about ken schrader and my first dirt race no let's hear about it he was also in we do you in arca you do two, two dirt races in the season i'd never been to dirt had no idea what we were doing. That whole season was never supposed to be. We were only supposed to do like a couple races, and they decided to front load it, and we ended up going the whole season and you know winning nine out of twenty one races and almost winning the championship. And we go to the dirt races though, and I'd never been there, and so I I get told go talk to Ken Trader. He's done this before, so I go up to him and you know ask him tips and all stuff, and he tells me about dirt and everything. And so, long story short, we get in the race, I win, I lead the most laps, drove away from the field, just dominated, and. 
I go up to him afterwards and I said, Hey man, not bad for my first time on dirt. And he just looks at me and goes, that ain't real dirt. And walks off. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so the, those dirt races were like flat tracks. I know what he's saying. Like it's oh, not it's real not like dirt racing. Actual, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it was a he, he stock was, car dirt racing. And I should say that he was also, you know, probably being very facetious and, uh, he was a very kind guy and was always very supportive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool guy. Really cool guy. But it was a fun story. Hmm. Anyway, guys, uh, big topics this weekend. Big racing weekend. Yes. Massive racing. We went to Fontana. Uh, yep. I got to see that at my third cup race in a row in person. So um, I'm excited You're on the about schedule. that. I am on the schedule. <laughs> that, that, that will end next week. I will not be going to Vegas, though. Mm, that's good. That's for the best. It's really for the best. <laughs> uh, also, we had IndyCar St. Pete kicked off this weekend. That was uh, an actually excellent race, especially the last like ten laps um, between uh, Pillow and uh, Scott McLaughlin, who won his first uh, IndyCar race after coming over from the world of V8 Supercars and being dominant over there, which is now just called Supercars in Australia. Makes the switch to open wheel with Team Penske. Last year, maybe even through the pandemic a little bit, I remember he was doing the iRacing stuff and, you know, is now a winner at the top level of uh, American Open Racing, which is pretty insane. So good for him. Hell of a battle, Wild. too. Yeah. But it was at a road course, not not an oval track. Street course. Street course. Even harder. Street courses in open wheel cars is the hardest thing you can do. And the reason being is that it is a constant moving target. One of the things I don't think fans really understand is when you first get there to the street course, remember, it's a street course. It has oils from road cars, sand, random trash all over it. And that's even when they clean it off and everything. It's still an actual street. So then you go out and about, you know, starting the weekend with other series who start to lay rubber down. They start to you know, start to gain grip. But even as the Indy cars go out there, they start to lay more rubber. And so every session you go out on a street course is entirely different than the last session. Like, like nothing you've ever experienced, maybe a dirt track, but it's also between two walls on both sides. It's insane. And then you go in the race and that happens throughout the whole race. You have to save fuel. It's incredibly, incredibly treacherous and it's incredibly physically demanding because it's super bumpy when you go to these street courses in an open wheel car and you're between two walls. They now have the arrow screen, which makes it hot. Uh, so that was, you know, that's, that's a very impressive thing to win a street course in straight up on speed, uh, win the pole, you know, win the race for Scott, because that's the hardest thing you can do in American Oval racing. My opinion. That's pretty goaded. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. You seem so soothed, AJ. (laughs) I'm trying to understand. So the I I didn't see the race. I'll admit it. The most (sighs) impressive thing. In American oval racing is to win on a street course. That is American open wheel race. Open wheel. I thought you kept saying oval. American oval racing. No, I, American open wheel. It's, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. A-O-W-R, A-O-W-R I, come on. I'm, Back, no, okay, so. I need to get these ears checked, apparently. Do you know where that term comes from? So that term no. stems from... You guys are a little young for this, but when the split happened between what at the time was CART and what became CART in the IRL and then eventually Champ Car World Series in the IRL, because there was two top series, one that raced in the Indy 500, which is the biggest American open wheel race there is, obviously, and then another that didn't have the Indy 500, but then some of the teams went and did. For a while, especially like the early 2000s, we would term it just American open wheel racing. So it was AOWR. Okay. Mm. And not not a good thing. Like that's not a good thing. That was because it was the, the worst thing that ever happened to American open wheel racing, which was the split. But that's a whole larger topic. We can do a revisionist history uh, episode one day. Of that. <laughs> but I wrote my, my uh, high school term paper on the cart split. Cart wow. split. Yeah. So – I know it pretty well. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk that, California. What, back in what? 1995 and when you wrote that in in high school? Wow. you How old do you – I'm – I've been five. Yeah, I was actually really a dead student. I was a yeah, highly geezer. dead student. <laughs> Talking about history and all that. Nah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, about the auto club race. Yes, we can move on from American open wheel racing. 
Oh, oh wait, uh, one more thing. Thought one more thing. Class. The was NBC Sports put it out today. That was the most watched season opener uh, in IndyCar in the last in eleven years. So on wow. NBC, one point four plus million people watched it uh, on NBC. Pretty epic. So pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Good for That's American good. motorsports. As I keep tweeting, Shout out every to time NBC. these big. Every time these these big attendance numbers and big TV rating numbers, I have this same tweet that I think people are noticing where I just say motorsports in America all capitalized with a rocket blasting off. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's mm. keep it up. So, all right, to Auto Club, guys. AJ, you start us off. What do you want to dive into? Uh, I didn't really have an idea of what to talk about. <laughs> I just knew there was lots to talk about. Okay. Well, what happened first? <laughs> Uh, people were spinning out everywhere. I think Chase Elliott spun out eight times at least. That's factual. <laughs> you, you can look it up. Uh, Rounding error. I think Brad Keselowski and Chase Elliott are responsible for at least half of the cautions this season so far now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but for real though, people were sp- Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was the first person to spin out. Right. Yep. Well, and then wasn't was Kevin he? Harvick? No, no, Kevin Harvick was the first All person. Kevin practice Harvick, and yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. my gosh, I forgot about that. Kevin Harvick didn't even make a lap. No. Yeah, I don't mm. think Ross Chastain did either. No. Uh, and I, he, yeah, he did. He made a couple. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Did he make a lap? And I don't know. I haven't actually heard exactly what happened to Ross's car, but that was an odd. I think odd he just. There. I think he just overcorrected. Which is possible. That's what I read. Got it. Well, those cars yeah. can also remember they they have rub blocks real close, and I wonder. I think they're sitting down, the bottomed out springs. Yeah, that or just yeah. When it sits over, when you're counter steering, it sits over in the left rear. It could also just bottom out for a second or something like that, and you'd be along for the ride. So they're not um, good. the 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 rubbing things they're like the they're what four or six four by twelve inch pieces of aluminum they're that are on they're the, hockey pucks yeah. that they yeah. super glue to the car. Okay. And there's, they're there to regulation hockey pucks. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're <laughs> just like the FIA legality plank that you have in Formula One. It's the Got idea it. that, or I don't even know if they have the legality plank anymore, but that was the deal back in the day with you know the wooden thing that you can only they, wear so they much. Do, they do. They still, still do. have a legality plank. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they, they do. do. Wow. I just love saying FIA legality plank because Steve Matchett used to say that all the time, and I sound really smart when I say it. I feel that like. sounds very fancy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To your point, though. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, to your point on the spinning out, that was wild, Josh, how many cars like to start off practice. It was just like, and there goes another one, and yeah, another Chris one, Pusher, and Chris another Pusher, one. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so um, I spent all of Saturday at home watching it all go down. Um, I was flying down Sunday morning, and all I could keep thinking about when I was trying to sleep on Saturday night was – this is going to be a crazy race. I'm going to see the big one at Auto Club. We're going to go into turn one, lap one, and half the cars are going to get wiped out because they're just going to go in there and everyone's just going to lose it. It's going to be a wall of smoke. Um, but I don't want to skip forward impressively. There seemed to be a change from mm. practice qualifying day to the actual day of the race, whether that be crosswinds at a turn three and four or mentality of drivers or all the drivers had nightmares overnight and realized that they didn't want to wreck their uh, one of three cars so just went into it really relaxed i don't know but we had an xfinity race on saturday before we get into the cup race well i just wanted to get into qualifying too because real quick uh that so kyle petty used to always tell me about back in the day Basically, the late 70s through the 80s and early 90s, when they used to lay those spoilers down, especially in the early 90s, and go qualify at Daytona and Talladega. And he always tells these stories of like you'd be walking out to or down pit road, and there'd be a driver over the left throwing up in a trash can because they're so damn nervous about what they're about mm-hmm. to go do because the car was so on edge. And you were just like holding on for dear life as you tried to balance it on a knife edge to go fast, especially guys trying to qualify on time. Just the pressure was so immense. And so I found it fascinating that fast forward to 2022, it's incredibly hard to drive car with the conditions that are incredibly hard with the wind and such. You had, you know, Austin Cindric, who was like, that was the first time in a stock car I've had to like mentally convince myself of the lap I had to do, right? Like that's how hard those things were. Yeah. Yeah. Other people were saying they're really nervous. I think it was Ricky Stenhouse. Have you ever felt like that, Parker? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely just a couple times. I've had times like um, where you're right on the edge of being flat out somewhere and you're trying to mentally convince yourself to not lift. Um, Mm -hmm. I I did that at Indy qualifying in 2013 where I was convinced that you could could go almost flat out through turn one in the Xfinity car. And so it was finally my turn. And I'd always told myself if I was ever, if I ever got to do the Indy 500, I would go flat through turn one the first time through, which is actually illegal, but it was kind of a running joke with a friend of mine. And so I was like, this is my chance. I got to convince that I can do it. And I tried to hold as close to flat out as you could. And I think I got close, but I'll never know because there's no data. But I can tell you that we went P1 at the time, ended up qualifying like fifth. And, you know, there was a, you know, the new, I set a new track record, which was cool. But also Elliot Sadler was on, yeah, new track (laughs) records, my favorite t-shirt. But Elliot Sadler was on the pit road with my crew chief. And when I went off into turn one, he turned to him and said, he didn't lift. (laughs) I guess it sounded like I barely lived at all. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, I've been there. So wait, wait, wait. It's illegal to, to go through turn one without lifting? Well, you when you go to Indy for the first time in IndyCar, you have to do rookie orientation before you ever get to practice. Oh, got it. You have to build up. So I guess you technically could, but you have to hit like a lap time. So you're supposed to do like it's something like two fourteen and two. You know, you build up speed because you're obviously going so incredibly fast at Indy. Uh, You don't just hop in and go. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was my. That that was like. Is this like the Nurburgring? They have uh, they have speed limits and certain turns and stuff. <laughs> should we uh, should we talk about the Xfinity race? Oh, first we should talk about the. This is the first time we had the uh, the short practice. Everything was like in a two day event. And Xfinity is one day, and mm-hmm. Cup it was two day. Obviously, uh, do we have any thoughts about that? But how quick practice and qualifying went? I, yeah. I liked it. You like it? I liked it. The group um, thing is kind of confusing, especially in Cup, since the qualifying and everything is different, too. Mm-hmm. I, I assume Xfinity would also have the two groups where, like, the top 10 qualifies and they requalify, but it didn't. It was just single car. That's it. I didn't that like was the a practice. Confusing, but I, I, I didn't I like the practice. With you on that. I would go with you on the fact that I feel like whatever it is, we try and tailor it for you, or try and you know, keep it similar in each one. Keep it the same. Right? Yeah. Like the same really, because now I know there's, you know, there's reasons and provisions as to why it's not, uh, some, I don't exactly know, but I do, I agree with you that like that just gets, I don't like when it's confusing like that. And I'll tell you, even when I'm on the, like, I can think fast forward to doing broadcasts where you're going to jump out of doing a cup series qualifying and then the format's going to change and it's just like why like why couldn't it just be like nope same thing over again let's see who's fastest you know it's just no reason to have a re-explained format sort of thing yeah now the practice i did not like the format of the practice um i don't understand i know we're getting practice back but i feel like this practice is not true like actually learning the car it's just making sure that all of your cords are plugged in all of your tires are tight for well, going out for qualifying there is that wasn't not the enough case time. for one driver <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's not enough time to do what you need to do um let alone make adjustments i feel like it would be better if they did like the coliseum where you had two sets of practices um per group or just one long practice um or two short practices with like an hour between them so so, and do you know why we've done this practice style? I, For the I, memes? I think it's just <laughs> because they enjoyed no practice um, during the pandemic, and they felt like it was a balance of performance. I don't know. So, sort of. Um, this no practice was a absolutely massive cost savings for the teams. Um, you know, some upwards of saying upwards of 30%. And what it comes down to is personnel, tires, all the things, right? And so there was a thought process of trying to find an in-between where the TV would have the content, 
but you wouldn't have what we used to do, which was you were there for three days and you practiced forever and you never practiced, didn't do anything. And it doesn't matter anymore because it's all about simulation anyway. So it really is about the drivers, you know, just getting laps oftentimes with the practice or, you know, trying to try stuff in real time. But it's like, it wasn't doing much. Right. And we used to, back in the day, we used to always talk about like, why are we here so many days? We're doing all this, like we're just burning through tires and nothing's learned. It's completely useless. So, uh, and as technology has gotten better, it's just become more useless. So the attempt of this design is like, these aren't even practices as many of us call warmups basically is what they are. Right. Like it's so mm -hmm. short. Um, and I think I haven't ex tried it yet, so I will get to experience it in trucks at some point this year. And, you know, maybe I'll have a differing perspective, but in terms of like seeing it in real time, I didn't hate it. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool. I think I, you know, the only thing I would say is maybe a little bit more time just because I would like more chances for more cars to get television coverage. I always think that's a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, practice was always a place we could do that. So I get that, it, but I get it has to kind of fit in a certain window that, you know, all the TV has agreed that this works for them and it provides the content they want. So it's a tricky thing. It, it, and I guess I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I would agree with all of that, except for it's a brand new car. And we're going to tracks for the very first time and we're still riding the uh, oh. Parker. <laughs> you okay? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, for those listening at home, I just my screen cut out for a second. We're good now. Yes. Um, I feel like it's just to me. I feel like we're going into these. And we're not really validating our simulation results. Um, before good. in those practice sessions. Yeah. I. I mean. I guess. Yeah. I guess there's that. I just feel like we're in a new car. I don't understand why we're not giving them at least an hour each. I mean, an hour is. You just limit how many tires they can use in that practice session, and then it's no yeah, longer. Yeah, but then they won't run, so then it's just dead air time. So then TV has nothing exciting to show. It's it's you know, there was a lot of thought in this, but we don't need to get into the we talking about practice meme. I think it's here to stay for now, and we'll see if there's any tweaks. But we mm -hmm. should move into the Xfinity race, um, and there's only one thing to say. The Damn. universe had to get one more in on us. <laughs> one more in on the uh, on the Carnomaly car there. Voyager ride yep. driven by none other than Castle. Big has F a, has in the a, chat. Has a Carnomaly car finished a race yet? Did he finish in Dega? He finished Talladega, yeah. It rained out, but he finished 20th, I think. Okay. All right. But the car didn't have any damage. Well, yeah. I mean, if anyone's wondering where the Carnomaly 500 is for this year for E-Racer, <laughs> it's currently sitting in turn one of Auto Club Speedway with the rest of the budget for that event. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Carnomaly 500 is, I, is literally, literally in flames right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty big F. <laughs> I guess something else happened in that race, but I couldn't really pay attention uh, to that. It was a lot. Yeah, honestly, it's the longest damn Xfinity race I've ever watched. Oh <laughs> okay. yeah, they kept wrecking and stuff. Yeah, there was there was wrecks, there was red flags. But I think it reminded me of one thing: the fact that we don't go to Auto Club at night is a pure crime against humanity. That was <laughs> one of the most picturesque, you know, sunset lights yeah, coming on. We should be we should be doing a transitional race at Auto Club, uh, at least for Xfinity. I think it's used, just, to. used to. I would yeah. used to. Used to that. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the lights are so pretty around there. It makes that track actually even more picturesque with that mountain in the background. I think Yeah. It's a shame. No, it's cool. I mean, I I don't time of day stuff, I never think that's an easy thing. One, you're dealing with TV networks, two, you're dealing with like, you know, what provides the best entertainment factor and fits in the sports landscape at the time and so on and so forth. So I I don't envy anyone who has to deal with picking times for races. Um, but it's nice when they, you know, work out like that one where it goes in the nighttime like that and you get the sunset, but that race, how long was it? Was it four hours? AJ three hours, the Xfinity race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was long. I think it was the ending definitely dragged out for sure, but I felt like it was long. Um, what, what were the crazy things that happened in that race? Was there anything crazy? We had, uh, the, the, 
the Jones car, Brandon Jones, go into the barrels of sand at the end of pit road and cause oh, a 30 minute red oh, flag. Right. That was the with, big delay. Yeah. With two laps yep. to go. Yeah. Yep. That was, that was a tease. Anthony Alfredo had newer tires than everyone else. Uh, that was pretty epic. And had that not happened, he maybe would have found himself, you know, going for a win with that much newer tires. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. And Cole Custer gets the victory in the Stuart Haas SS Greenlight car. Um, Game Cup drivers. Trevor Bain almost yeah. came back after a huge sabbatical. Trevor Bain, to I want to put respect on Trevor Bain's name. Okay. Okay. Trevor Bain. Trevor respect Bain. Is that what you're asking for? You want it yes. on his name? So, like, Trevor, quote, respect. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. You Obviously, it's going to be very fast, no matter who's in it. But mm. that was, you know, first race back. That was pretty impressive. He seems like he's just so happy to be out there racing. Like, I don't know why he's just out there like, I'm having a good time. I don't know what's hey, going to happen, but I'm going to win all these races. Honest, it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of you, Parker. You just oh, every man. time. Every time you hop in the car, you just seem like you're bubbling with excitement just to be there. You you're like, and Trevor are the same person. Exactly. You're just like driving that race is, cars. There's only one Daytona 500 between the two of us. I mean, honestly, yeah, you I both guess. have one. You yeah. both have won multiple Super Speedway races. Yeah, I mean, what's his second Super Speedway? No. Well, you have the other two. Oh, it's yeah. The one. Oh, yeah. Between the three, there's three Super Speedways wins between the three the two of us and uh one happens to be daytona 500 <laughs> yes so you have on average between the two of them one half a daytona 500 there you go perfect i yeah. love that thank you yeah yeah i'm pretty sure the talladega truck race is pretty much put there right under it's probably just the, as hard daytona 500 yeah I, I, yeah you know, yeah some would say big, that big yeah. deal yeah yeah a lot of cup drivers say that you know if they could pick one it's the talladega truck race so I've heard that many times. I think it's actually a quote from Dale Jr. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dale and uh, I believe Kevin Harvick said, you know, he can't retire till he wins the you Talladega win a, truck race. Win. <laughs> I mean, I know Richard Petty said his favorite win was winning the Talladega truck race. So <laughs> he had won it. He did that. <laughs> I actually think it was the Toledo May 2009 Arca race. That was, they can't, those viewers or listeners can't see that I'm unfurling that exact flag right now. That's been in my hand this whole time, but yes, well, anyway, uh, good run for Trevor. That was cool to see. I can tell you that just real quick on that point. There's an old thing in, in uh, amongst race car drivers, which is nothing makes you, nothing makes you appreciate or want it like time away basically. Mm. And, uh, having been in that position, especially when you think like, Oh, I might never get in a car again. Uh, you very much appreciate it, and it becomes something where you your perspective changes because you literally you you now know the worst thing that can happen, which is it can not be there. And I think it kind of re- you know sort of like releases you from pressures and that sort of thing. You can have fun. So I'm sure yeah. that's what yep. Trevor's going through. Uh, Parker, before we continue, if you ever get yep. to that point where you you feel like you haven't been in a car for a while, you you're missing it. Just let me know. I got a lemons oh, car. <laughs> oh no, not that again. That doesn't count. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. We got to get out of here quick, AJ. Bring us somewhere else. <laughs> uh, cup race. We right. mentioned it earlier people were spinning out. Uh, best, there was, best uh, cup race in ooh, forever. I don't know By if far. I'd say forever, but there's pretty good ones last year. I mean, was that, was, that was classic early 2000s NASCAR. You mm-hmm. had a team that was basic. Where where was RPM last year? Twenty third in points last year, probably. Ninetieth. They were, yeah, ninetieth. Yeah, they were <laughs> up front contending from qualifying into the race. You had RCR with Tyler Reddick, who's never won a Cup race, leading and dominating the thing. You had cars like the forty seven suddenly finding themselves in the top five. I knew from this. So when I saw it was having practice, I thought, okay, this is going to be possibly the coolest Cup race we've seen in a long time. One, because the cars were so hard to drive. Two, it looked like the tire fall off was immense, which it was. And no one's talking about the damn tires in a good light because they're so worried about this damn flat tire thing. But those were the fall off was amazing. 
And the way you thought, like, there's 12 cars in this race that could win, I just thought was awesome. That was classic NASCAR. And the comers and goers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was pretty great. Um, What else happened? What did oh. I do? <laughs> Tyler, I Reddick, Tyler Reddick's fastest lap was 1.84 seconds quicker than the next fastest lap by anybody. No, not 1.84. 0.184. 0. 0.184. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he was two seconds quicker. And that, that blows my mind. Well, there was also the farthest <laughs> gap from the leader to second place ever enjoyed by anybody was 1.5 seconds that entire time. Wow. I mean, it's pretty crazy. That, that's how that's fast it was Tyler Awesome. And yeah. 33 lead changes over the course of the race. And those are only counted at when a different leader crosses the start finish line than the previous. Wow. Jeez. Wow. So good. There was that. There was Chase Elliott uh, getting into Kyle Larson, Kyle which Larson. was crazy. Well, I that think the Chase epic. Elliott fans would disagree. It was Kyle Larson getting into Chase Elliott there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I should probably read yeah. it now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> RIP my mentions. Uh, Rick Hendrick is talking to them as we speak. You're just you fueling don't understand, the... Chase. <laughs> uh, but no, if we play it through, I think the the just the the whole way the race built up. You know, you you started to feel the intensity and the drivers having to drive harder. And then when they did, there was just bigger mistakes. And then Tyler Reddick blowing his left rear tire though. That was uh, devastating for my fantasy team because I had him in both fantasies. The fan I did win the NBC Sports Broadcaster fantasy team, by the way, uh, this weekend, beating Dale Jr. and everyone at 220 points after not doing Daytona. Wow. Direct Dale. I had Dale. Tyler Reddick in that one uh, and Eric Jones. Excuse me. Did I not have Tyler Reddick in my other one? You're playing fantasy again? Oh, yeah, weird. Uh, because after huh. – all this time, you've made me play. And now it, I go from zero fantasy uh, leagues to two. I'm in the NBC one and now the E-Racer one. Join us there. There's like 100 of us. Um, and I've now started one week behind, so everyone has a head start. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Think about this. You could have been a part of the Daytona 500 fantasy, but you were too busy saying how nobody cares. Nobody wants to do fantasy. And now he can't stop doing it. <laughs> He's just a fantasy man. I'm going to open up a league here, a league there. I'm league commissioner. Hell, let's start a full one fantasy league next. We need it. Yeah. All right. You got me on board. I'm all signed up. Um, Deal. There was a uh, – are you still going with the fantasy thing? No, no. no I was going to move. No. Join our fantasy league. That's all I Oh, say. there was a big one? Sort of. There was there, like three yeah. or four cars. Yeah, three or four cars. Yeah. Um, Parker – the I so I was at the track and I was looking at the tires coming off of the cars. Mm -hmm. You know what blew my mind the most? How many of those tires had pieces of rocks from the track in uh, them? Yeah, well, that's happen. that surface is wearing down like crazy. It was like significantly more than I've seen at especially, a lot of other tracks. But especially if they come in after uh, under caution, you'll pick all that stuff up. You ever yeah. see? You ever notice that after the F1 coming... races? Well, yeah. Well, F1 lays some serious rubber, but this no. this tire's laying rubber. I'm telling you, wait till we go to Vegas this weekend. It's gonna look awesome. But this tire's laying rubber like a sports car or an open wheel car tire. Um, the when we went to uh, what was I saying? Oh, if you ever notice when guys are pitting, you might not see this because they don't show this point. Uh, often on the broadcast, but if they're, if you're looking at turn three to like the end of the backstretch and we're all coming down to pit and we've been on a long green flag run before that, you'll notice a bunch of guys weaving like they're cleaning off their tires to, for a restart. They're doing it to clean off the tires to get on pit road better and stop. Mm -hmm. That makes Little sense. Yeah. That makes, so that like makes those a lot of you sense. Saw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Garrett, who was on here last week, yeah, we are, his, we are his lucky charms. I told him this. Uh, he got his career best finish of 21st in the Rick Ware Racing number 15, which I'm you got to admit, that's really impressive. He and multiple drivers before the race and after the race said this was the hardest race they've ever driven in their entire life. They said that before yep. the race? Yeah, they, they had a little bit of practice and they're like, this is going to be the hardest race oh, ever. Oh, okay. And then they got back and they're like, this was extremely hard. I couldn't keep focus. 
I every time I thought I could push it a little bit further, the car just lost it, and I'm trying to save it as much as I can. They, it's like the it's like the real life version of the hard to drive 300. It, so that's how that's, the yeah. COT drives on iRacing on a mile. <laughs> that is exactly it. So very true. Congrat- congratulations, Garrett, for having 20 minutes of practice, a qualifying lap, and a couple hundred laps in the race to pull off your best career finish in a car you have never even driven before. So, yep, great job. No, we are now his lucky charm, and it didn't work for Landon. But it worked for Garrett, so that's good. Thank you. Nope. And he can come on anytime. He wants to get a, another best finish. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If anybody else wants to come on too, uh, yeah. You know, just you know. We'll, we'll I think we got to get an indie car so, guy next. I think that would be a good idea. Um, yeah. Do we know any? We'll yeah, maybe one or two. We know okay. We'll see. We'll get some. Wow. We'll get them on here. Sounds good. Yeah. We just got up our booking. You know. Uh, we didn't finish talking about this race though. So. Then you had the wreck with uh, Reddick and William Byron, which takes Reddick out of it. And the way these, you know, some of the ways these cars were breaking was kind of crazy. Obviously, Kyle Busch had like a horrendous race. Um, the Joe Gibbs cars were overheating, which was wild because you, you know, you have to run like you run a basically like a plate inside that can be a restrictor to how much air is coming in, which can make you go faster on the straights because less downforce or less drag. But the Obviously, it can fill up with stuff forever, so you got to like play this game that you can't change mid race. I think that's a little wild that you can't change it, um, but that's actually not dissimilar to open wheel. So in open wheel racing, with the side pods, they have things that can close the opening of the side pod uh, that often sometimes are designed in a way that you can't just take that off. So that's been an old sort of thing that was uh, in the mid two thousands, big on open wheel cars. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I feel like I've been like a like a like an encyclopedia today. <laughs> you are yeah, you've been <laughs> pulling up a lot of old facts. Oh, I mean. stuff. I feel like I'm talking to my grandpa. Back in my here. day, we used to drive the car with I don't know baseball bats and stuff. Is that no like a reputation of you racing in Arca? Back when I when back when I first started racing, they didn't even have These digital guys. dashes. These guys, <laughs> you know. Uh, anything else? Have headlight stickers. What do you? What do you? What else did you see, AJ? What else did you see? Um, what caught your eye? There was some. Uh, I don't know if we want to bring it up, but there's some suspicions about a certain driver spinning oh. out on purpose. Mm, possibly that multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I read. Okay, I read it on Twitter, so obviously it's pretty factual. Uh. I don't really have much to say, but I think the there were suspicions just of that. Don't wear yeah. white gloves, and you won't get suspicions of it. I mean, that's, that's the true. end of the day. If you don't wear white gloves, it's much harder to see what your hands are doing in the car from an outside shop. That's a good point. Totally. Any comment, Parker? Also, I assume you're going to be links. pretty. Uh, toe links are an yeah, issue. Yeah, he's moving on already. Toe links are an issue because <laughs> toe links when they break. <laughs> these were a big issue in V8 Supercars for many years. When you get into a wall or connect to each other, they break. That car is done. So you got to watch out for toe links. <laughs> and I get hey, yelled if at someone's for... put out on purpose, here's my thing. You know what? I've done it. <laughs> Everyone's done it. And well, they're going to not... take your plugs away, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. Parker, no, you don't. But the you, difference you, is you read the quiet part out loud. What's that? You read the quiet part out loud. You never admit that you intentionally spin. No, that's yeah, but I didn't say I have, where. I've intentionally spun. I was talking about <laughs> iRacing, guys. Oh. I intentionally spin all the time on iRacing, like almost Plausible every race. Deniability. I like it. I like it. Yeah. The thing about it is, is I I wonder, especially in this new car. But the reason I say tow links is I do wonder, like there are certain areas that will be damaged in these cars that we just have not been trained to see like what is broken or what has been moved or why, you know, something that thing's hard to drive. So I think that actually putting aside whatever happened this weekend, I do think there will be instances this year where it can look, things will look odd because we just haven't seen it before. Right. Where a certain suspension piece breaks or the, you know, the, the axle breaks or the, the, you know, boot comes broken or, 
the you know something we don't even know about breaks or gets in the way and the car does something really odd and for years we would have been trained like oh that is such and such braking we just don't know now so i am interested to see you know as we go through this season what happens in that sense like things that were like oh that looks that looks suspicious and then it turns out it's like oh no this integral piece broke we just never seen that that's a fair point yeah fair point Mm, okay good glad we're all in agreement well Uh um, i agree I agree. To finish it off, I was hoping Eric Jones would win. Putting it out there, I was Stop hoping, I was hoping Tyler Reddick would win. I won eighteen dollars in fantasy, so that was pretty cool. That is DraftKings, pretty nice, pretty nice. I was, awesome. uh, so I was shout hoping. out, shout out to my Cup drivers who who didn't, uh, you know, wreck half the field or uh, spin out multiple times. Um, <laughs> I see you're a big Kislowski Chase fan. I am. Huge. Um, I wanted to see. Let's Suarez almost won that race. Oh my gosh, that would have been epic. That was super what, close. Uh, yeah, that, that was. was cool. I mean, I wish he would have ran the high line in three and four, um, just to kind of. He was at least. Well, he was tight, man. I yeah. Well, the thing about that is you take away your on opponent's preferred line, and then I mean you're both driving unpreferred lines, so. I think his problem, though, was on the high line. If you remember earlier before that, one, I was really happy for Justin Marks to, you know, to have that shot. I know how much he's put into that team. A good friend of mine that is doing an awesome job building track house. But I just know it's, it's been a you know massive effort this offseason taking over Ganassi and what they've done. So it was cool to see them have some early success, especially after what happened with Ross in practice and them having to you know figure all that out. But for... Suarez, in particular, if you remember uh, his spotter, who I'll I'll blame for their lack of win, Frankie Kimmel II, um, my old roommate in college, and <laughs> good buddy, he uh, he'll love that he'll love that bit there. But I definitely have to blame him. But if you remember, he told him to sort of move up, get near the wall, and when Daniel did, he actually got into the wall, right? And when you go to his onboards and you listen to his throttle traces, especially off of turn two. He was so tight. Like he could not commit to the throttle. He had to wait so long. And so when he even got the clean air there, I think it was in his head like, man, I'm so tight, but I've got clean air that if I just go to the bottom, I'll just keep this thing turning better than if I go up top and I have to lift, I'll just get past below or they'll just run me over on the exit. So I think that was his thought process. If I was falling for that trick many times. Yeah. And I would have done that exact same thing, you know, unless I. The only thing I'll say is that I'm actually one of those people that prefers the outside lane. So, especially there, uh, I would, you know, maybe have made that, maybe hopefully had gone to the top, but I can understand, you know, his thought process of how that car was handling. So, but he gave it to Larson. So, pretty, uh, pretty competitive race out of the old yeah. 99. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, the one was competitive until he, self, until he self spun. So, off yeah. Of turn yeah, it four. seemed like everybody kind of had a, Everybody was like had a shiny moment. I feel like. Are there any well, teams who disappointed? Who were you were like, wow? Why do you? Why are you even here? You're super slow. Is there any teams out there like that? They all seem pretty. I'll say it. I felt know. like Kevin Harvick's team was really off pace. I mean, no, they did finish. They, he did they, have the broken yes, car, so that yes, car might have been hundred percent. But yeah, to be I fair. felt like it took a little too long for that car to perform and get to where he needed to be. Um, I think he he didn't get any practice. Also, <laughs> I didn't. I had well, him well, on my fantasy champion. He doesn't need practice. He should know car, how to drive this car. I think he. You know, you're falling every minute. You're not on that track. You're falling behind those guys, right? So he had to t- take his time to work up to it and figure it out and feel it out. And I thought it, I thought they were actually, you know, impressive in that sense. The, um, I don't know if anyone in my head pops out that was like having a bad run. You know, that I didn't expect. I thought Corley Joy was having a great run inside the top 20 till they broke something in the rear, I guess, um, which sucks. And, you know, he was showing the parody. But there was at one point I tweeted that, you know, the top five was a RCR, R, you know, RPM, uh, G, or Petty GMS. Uh, you had – who else was in there? A Hendrick Motorsports car and a, like a track house car at some point i can't remember who it was but the best the best part was or jtg was in the top five too the best part to me was that amongst those five cars the difference from the highest funded car to the lowest funded car in there probably was somewhere around 15 million <laughs> so i was like oh my gosh the 
the budgets, and but they were all there on pace. That was the best part. Like the fifteen million dollar lesser car from the other one was not any slower. If not, it was faster than the other. So I was uh, I was really impressed. You know, just seeing that parody so early on was so cool. You know, one more thing. Since you just said that, mm-hmm. I think personally, I think this will happen. Maybe this is a general feeling amongst most people that as the season goes on, the big teams are gonna start to gap the little teams. I get it. Like with their data that they have, the money that they're putting behind the, their simulations, whatever that means. Like they're getting in like the metaverse <laughs> and making their car go faster somehow. I give it to uh, the end of March. <laughs> end of March, early end April March. before it's they, like three um, weeks away. Yeah, I think it's gonna take you gotta have one of each type of racetrack, get a bunch of data out of it, and then from there it's just the the difference in budgets are gonna definitely show themselves on the second time we go around to each of the types of tracks. I think possible that it will stay closer than we can imagine. I do think what will become even more important than ever before is tiny minute differences in engines will become huge at these bigger tracks. And that will be a conversation point by July, August. If you are getting the best engines from your engine group, um, if you, you know, if it's a couple horsepower, that will make a difference when you're talking thousands of a second to hundreds of seconds. So I, uh, this is gonna be interesting. I, I hate to say, you know, because I do know some of that from IndyCar. Like, you know, if you get a, if there's an engine that's not quite as strong, it can really hurt you, obviously. And so I think um, where the cars are all the same, you know, that's going to be a big talking point. So we'll see. All right. We will see. Should we move to the um, news? Did we beat this all to uh, death? I think we did. I think we should move. <laughs> yeah. Who won the race? Who won the race? Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Yeah. No, no, big is there. so horrible. We talked any car at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's move on to the news. News. AJ, <laughs> you uh, you have makeup homework for this news. You now have to do I two do. topics instead okay. of one. First to news topic: uh, a certain somebody announced their truck schedule for the year. That is. <laughs> that is my what a news. cop out. That is my news topic. <laughs> what a cop out. Blake. Uh, uh thank you. Yes, I put out a graphic. We were inundated with a single request wondering where we were racing. Um that's a joke from Top Gear. We actually I actually did have a lot of people reaching out. And I don't know why I've never done this before, so I just asked uh Dylan uh Natters, by the way, Nadwani, um mm-hmm. to make me up a little graphic of all our tracks. So thank you to him. And uh, yeah, we got a graphic out there now. So everyone can see our intended schedule next race. So Coda. last year you raced Vegas, which is next week. Yeah. We're not but you that. are not doing that this year. Is there yep. a reason? Uh, real. So basically last year with the not the no qualifying, we had to go to the first couple races of the season because we had to stay high enough in points that when we went to, you know, the races we wanted to go to spread out that, you know, we were high. We had to be high enough in points to get in those races. There's no qualifying, so we went to the first couple of races, including Sam Mayer drove at Daytona. Which, if he had not wrecked there at the end of that race, we probably wouldn't have gone to Vegas. But we had to go to Vegas after that happened, I believe. Um, Got it. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So we did the first couple, including Atlanta, and then we went to doing you know our normal try to be like one or two a month sort of thing. Got it. So I'm looking through here. You have Coda, Martinsville, Dirt Bristol, Darlington, Charlotte, Sonoma, yep. Nashville, Mid-Ohio, Lucas Oil, Bristol, Talladega, and Homestead. Which of those are you looking forward to the most? A couple of new oh. tracks on there, right? Uh, yeah, ORP, or whatever. it's called Lucas Oil now. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite short tracks in America. That's where I first drove. I just can't wait to go there. The road course is going to be great. Um, I, I'm interested to... Go to Sonoma. I love Sonoma in the cup car. So that's going to be fun. And trucks, we're going back to the regular uh, sort of Short design. Um, yeah, yeah the, the other design, which I love. Um, also, All But Bristol is open for sponsorship. So, if, you know, you got a company out there. Hey, come on down to Henderson Motorsports. We'll uh, slap you on the side of a truck and give you a sponsorship. So I'm, I'm looking at the road courses. There, I want to go back to Dirt Bristol. We were so damn fast there. I can't wait to get another chance at that. Um yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. Do as many as you can. Do you need 
Do you need a spotter for Sonoma? I know you guys have a couple of extra ones. I'd be happy to help. Uh, does anyone else want a spot? Is there anyone else on here that wants a spot? AJ, <laughs> um, hey, you spotting? <laughs> Uh, you do not, you do not want to be spotting for you. He's going to spot for you on the racing. He's, and I feel like I do a pretty good job. It's okay. But honestly, (laughs) that's the same as reaction. When I spot, if I'm spotting for you at a road, neither of you is really great. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I will get, I will get very bored quickly. Do you spot with a controller? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. My push to talk. Yeah. Yeah, Moving on. What's your second news topic? Oh, you don't have one. One second. <laughs> I, forgot the worst. I forgot. I forgot you said it's I had to get two worst. of them. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Calm down. One second. Uh, Yamaha wants Morbidelli to get revenge in MotoGP 2022. Boom. Thoughts? I'll be- <laughs> I've never watched MotoGP in my life before. Well, you guys are the problem now, not me. Okay, I did my job. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about MotoGP and like these these players here? Yeah, like, I, AJ, what do you I think? Like explain it to fake fans. Like you guys aren't even watching, so I would explain it to you. No, no, no. Hmm. You know, maybe I might be interested. Maybe I want to know what taking revenge in a motorcycle race like kind of entails. Does it mean like kicking your riders next to you as you're know. going down a straightaway? I already, ex- I already exited out of tab, and I ain't going back. So we I wonder who's going to be the host of MotoGP in, on NBC this year. I have no idea. Tell I could do it if that, that's an offer. I'm not, supposed, I'm not supposed to probably say, but I, I believe I will be doing this. So. Oh, we're going to cut this out of the podcast. Oh, no. no. It's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind. So, wow. They don't mind. Um, it's, it's uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I've been watching MotoGP for a long time, so I'm very excited. And uh, we actually on the NBC Motorsports NBC YouTube page, I had an interview with one of now three Americans that will be racing in Moto Two, Joe Roberts, but he is definitely the most experienced. Um, and pretty cool kid, grew up in California, rides Supermoto, has some surfs, kind of a wild dude, and uh, on his path to make it to MotoGP. So check it out. Love to see it. I so I actually I made friends with a cameraman when we were in Vegas last time. And they, he helped produce a, it was a YouTube series on MotoGP, following them around and talking about mm-hmm. them. And it was really cool to see what they, uh, you know, more, more into MotoGP. Okay, apparently John Cena has <laughs> something to say. What's up? I remember I did have another piece of news. A second one. It was Drive to Survive is coming back. And 10 March days. 11th. Yeah. No, nine. I know. Can't wait. The- everybody knew already already. i i'm actually really excited because when i started dating my girlfriend she did not watch any motorsports and now on her calendar she has the day that drive to survive gets released on netflix and the first race of the f1 season on her calendar so she knows when it's all happening i know multiple people who who are not motorsports fans who cannot wait for the next season, especially yes. since the ones who relatively know what happened last year and how insane it was like the championship battle and everything. I don't know how much that's going to be in there, but mm-hmm. uh, people are very excited. I want to just say something. A lot of people have made fun of me for saying that this whole explosion of Formula one in America, because it drive to survive will be big for American motorsports, including, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, IMSA, everything. And obviously, we're seeing that with the attendance and all that's going on and TV ratings. But I took a screenshot of this uh, on Twitter the other day. Um, the basketball guy was talking about, I don't know his name, but he was talking about his, he likes NASCAR now. Um, Wob or something, I guess is his name. Anyway, these fans were tweeting to him, and one of them says, I'm personally paying attention to NASCAR more because of F1. And this other person says, seconding, that IndyCar recommendation started a few years ago when F1 wasn't enough to feed the beast. IndyCar is great. Wow. A My point is No, I yep. agree with you. I agree with you. Right. Rising tide lifts all ships. It's there are certain it people is. in the industry that don't agree with us, and I don't know why, but crazy. Um, I, yeah, I, there's also recommending this the the race bubba wallace series on netflix oh yeah oh yeah that came awesome. out yeah. 
I have Molly yep. on episode two, and I'm, I'm super enthralled by just how well it's put together. It feels like a a toe into the Drive to Survive like documentary for NASCAR, and it really makes me hope they do something more in depth with more teams. Is it six episodes? Yes, six. Cool. Yeah, uh, six yeah I'm at episode five. Really good. Really enjoyed it. Agree with all you're saying. Stay tuned. I'd say something's coming this year. Oh. Another uh, got a little <laughs> mic drop there. Okay, thank you. Also, just to add on to this. Wait, wait. No, you can keep that. Uh, adding on to this, the I saw F two on F one TV release their own drive to survive called the. I think it's what? It's, um, yeah, they did a whole one on all the F two drivers. Uh, trying it's to make on F one TV. Yeah, on F one TV. Right, so, so I have a reason to keep my F one TV subscription in the that's winter. Probably now. why they did it. They're trying to keep you in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I've never had F1 TV, so I'll be interested to check it out. Signing. It's I'm the greatest. In my account right now. To it's see. the greatest. Wow! Is it, I just sold the them a bunch of subscriptions. Is this? Is it the Chasing the Dream? Chasing the Dream. That's what it's called. Yep. It's on no. season three. Oh well, now there's three of them. <laughs> there you go. If you have a <laughs> lot more saw, content, you can go watch. I saw uh, a well, British season three. That means season one and I two follow. probably has uh, season one and two probably has some current F1 drivers in it. Then, if I had to guess. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. This so, one, season one, episode one focuses on. It looks like on Mick Schumacher. So bam, oh, there you cool. go. Yeah. All right, Josh, what's your news? Uh, my news topic is for Adam Stern reported that NASCAR is in talks for the Chicago Street Race as soon as 2023. Um, from mm-hmm. there, NASCAR remains in talks to bring a street race to Chicago and the working goal is to hold the event for the first time in 2023, sources say. The talks are complicated and not year, not yet near completion, so they still could collapse without a deal or could further delay to 2024. Um, we saw a Chicago street course uh, in iRacing for the eNASCAR Pro Invitational Series. And it took place around um, Soldier Field. It was like a two-mile loop. It was basically two squares next to each other um, on, on a grid. It wasn't anything super enthralling as far as layout goes, but it definitely led to an interesting race. Um, and James Davison won that by 18 seconds with our buddy Blake McCandless as the uh, crew chief. Bam. Big no. Bam. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking I of mean, Blake McCandless... Well, oh, I, street, well, I just want to say I, I look forward, you know, I think this car is perfect for street courses and uh, I look forward to seeing NASCAR street courses. I, I know it's been a big um, want in the industry for probably the last couple of years and they are incredibly hard to make happen, though. I won't lie. Uh, you know, the ones that have happened recently in Form 1, if you look, are funded massively by the governments or it's something like Miami that's, you know, uh, I don't think involves Not a, a lot of streets. Yeah. basically so the it's parking not, lot you know, course yeah Ooh. so it's you know the ones that are really taking over streets these days you know are are huge uh undertakings hence the one in new jersey for full especially for f1 so yeah yeah um but I, I i mean i hope it happens you just got to find you know the two things of those you know when champ car was doing them all the time back in the day um in the mid 2000s and that was kind of their model for a little bit like kind of ahead of Formula e you know, it sucked when they were there for one or two years and then they left and or they went to one year and then it didn't come back. And you just hope that whatever NASCAR makes it happen, it becomes sort of a cornerstone event. So you got to get the right city and right place. You know, it, it's also it's an interesting transition that they're making right now. You saw it with the clash at the Coliseum now with the Chicago street courts trying to get races closer to the city centers as opposed to an hour, two hours outside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I tweeted about it earlier um, and I provoked a couple of frustrated responses from people saying that the Auto Club racetrack, while it's a great racetrack, it's just too far away from L.A. to capture an L.A. market. And um, it's a two and a half hour drive on during rush hour, which is pretty much yep. all hours in L.A. So um, a move to closer to downtown of anything is, I think, a better move. So urbanization right um yes if you uh, really want a real real backlash you could have just put nft in there in that tweet just anywhere oh absolutely that, that <laughs> would have been a good call <laughs> i think we should move racetracks closer to the city 
and turn them into NFTs. <laughs> and that'll get people going. Um, my, uh, my news. Okay, so, oh, wait, what? Oh, you, you only have a news topic yet? I have one. He was just about to get oh. into it. You just cut him off. What? Okay, I'm sorry. AJ seems like he has something to say. What do you no, 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 no. My thing's supposed to go after the news, so I don't want to cut off the news. No, segment. I got news. I thought you already said I got, I got two. Okay. What is it? It better be oh, good. So it better be good. You it's got not good. Is great. the news? Oh, my goodness. I'll leave right now. It's really uh, like it's actually supposed to be for the, longest the, podcast. the big race section that we were supposed to do, but we, we missed this. Just the porpoising Racina, the new F1 cars for twenty. You mean Hucklebucking? Uh, is also like Hucklebucking, if you remember the Firecracker 400. Uh, Porpoising is a little bit more aerodynamically driven as opposed to Hucklebucking be more uh, suspension driven on old-fashioned cars. Mechanical. But same concept, car gets into some form of oscillation, can't get out of it. Porpoising is caused by the aerodynamics where you're trying to use the understray to create downforce to the point that you also get to the strayway and stall it out. But when it does that, then it releases the car back up and then the downforce pushes it back down. And so it gets in this horrible cycle that causes the porpoising that we're seeing out of the, the cars at uh, Barcelona and testing. Hucklebucking, similar thing where it gets into a bounce because the suspension is not correct and you can't get out of it. That's your tech top moment. Top tech moment. Your tech tech talk talk tick tock tick tock it's tech talk tick tock tech talk oh my goodness this is TikTok. a new e-racer show you know show. what you know what on tick tock by eraser yep this would be a great time for your pee popper because it kept popping every time he said tick tock tick tock tick tock yeah people are people are tuning out of the podcast right now the only other thing i want to add because my news is always from one related. Uh, Michael Andretti, you know, makes it very clear with Mario Andretti that they are trying to buy into Formula One, get into Formula One. Saw some rumors that maybe they offered Alfa Romeo a considerable sum last year, um, a lot higher than we've seen any sum exchange between two F1 teams or between for an F1 team. Um, and then they've now applied to be able to get an F1 team by paying the $200 million entry fee. And there has been backlash from none other than Total Wolf and Christian Horner saying, I don't know, you know, they got to bring something to the table. And I find this a preposterous mm. notion because what are they scared? You, you mean, you mean the last American F1 world champion with America getting all enthusiastic about from one would not bring something to the table of relevance to for one. Like how about when you guys gave Prost a team? Hmm. Did anyone say anything about that? Jackie Stewart? No, he had a team. You mean now a global racing organization like Andretti, which is in everything except NASCAR for one, essentially wouldn't bring something to the table is absolutely preposterous to me. Um, Andretti, a better known name, in motorsports than Wolf and Horner. Yeah, uh, I would think so. Thank you very much. Yeah. And you guys can tweet this to both of them. I mean, uh, it, and Andretti is synonymous <laughs> with open wheel racing. I don't care if it's because it's IndyCar open wheel. It's still open wheel racing. Formula One went to the Indy 500 as a points race for many years back in the 50s, I believe, and 60s. Mario Andretti is the last American Formula One world champion. Like, you know what? what do you mic drop. <laughs> what? Unscrew your mic what? and drop it. It just, no, I just, seriously. I mean, Mario Andretti is a legend. Michael Andretti has done a great job building an incredible organization there that is a powerhouse empire, you know, or his empire in motorsport. That, yeah. you know, what we're seeing is pretty interesting where these, you know, these, if you look, McLaren sort of started it, but you've got McLaren that now has a full one team, they've got an IndyCar team, they've got a full, an extreme E team. You know, you have Mercedes who did Formula E and also, uh, you know, Formula One. You have these organizations that are looking at expanding into everything. And Andretti has really led the way there in terms of IndyCar. They were in Rallycross. They have a Formula E team. They have um, Indy Lights teams. They have something else I can't remember. Maybe it's Extreme E or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, they're in everything. Like these global, these these powerhouse organizations are – you know, something that is allowing all of motorsports to come together. And I just think that's a preposterous notion that they wouldn't be. But once again, I'm just going to say it. They like our money. They don't want us. That's all I'm going to say. So. Ooh. Uh, hmm. 
Yeah, I don't I, know why know, they would say that. It's very odd. They must be scared. I think they just don't want us to come into their races with our beer toting, fun having, good time energy. They're too they're too stuck up in their uh in their suits and ties and they they can't handle the American spirit and the American drive. So <laughs> there, I said I like it. it. Bam. You heard it, <laughs> Josh. So Let's that see how that pans uh... out. It's gonna be interesting to watch. That's all my news. I ranted. That's all your news. Okay. It was a it was a news rant. I thought you said you had two topics. I said both. That was two. One. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The Andretti thing and the porpoising. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, All right, AJ, you're up. Should we well, talk speaking about? Of oh, Blake, so are we done talking about everything? <laughs> speaking of Blake, there's an eNASCAR race tonight. <laughs> yep. The last time there was an eNASCAR race, the racer cars got destroyed six laps in. <laughs> they are. They are. Blue emu blue cars, emu. so look out on Again. the track for some blue I mean, emu. The race is already over by now by the time you're watching this, so they can still rewatch it. They watch. don't need to know. Like if you're watching this after the fact, this this I know it looks like it hasn't been edited in, and this may not be true, but we totally got a double first place finish. We tied crossing <laughs> the line both of our cars. They couldn't figure out who it was, so they're just both awarding us first place finish. It's just position. Do not. Do not <laughs> Google the results. <laughs> don't even look at it. They don't even know. Us. This is your this is your news source. It's just like that meme I posted in our Eraser Discord in the memes section. If you're looking for memes, uh, that said become oh, an overnight success twice, and I think that says mm-hmm. it all. Oh yes, guys, we won, the, we won the Las Ve- the 2022 yeah. NASCAR Las Vegas race twice. You heard it here, Colin Bowden, Derek, got it done. Uh, guys, I'm going to say goodbye. We've been at this a long time. Like an hour and eight minutes. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Give us a a five star rating. Yeah. And comment. Comment. Like the video if you're on YouTube. Uh, Tell your parents that this is the best thing you've ever listened to in your entire life.